Hi everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next free online business assessment, enabling you to pinpoint what your business needs you to fix next. Business tips to help you level up and scale up. I'm Simon of Sterling Coaching and welcome to this podcast episode in which I'm joined by Stephanie Taylor and Stephanie is the co-founder of HMO Heaven and Rent to Rent Success. Good to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much Simon, it's good to be here. Now a little bit about Stephanie. Stephanie also invests in property with a mix of blocks of flats and commercial units with a focus on creating beautiful, I love this description, beautiful, affordable homes that people love to live in. And that's so important, isn't it? And HMO Heaven is a leading property management and development company in Wales, as we're just talking about, you know, in Newport. Uh, Stephanie's launched Rent to Rent Success to inspire others to get started in property and this is a word I've not said in the podcast yet. She debunks the myth. That's a great word. Debunks the myth that you need to have large sums of money to get started in property through her inspirational talks, YouTube channel, podcast and website. And we'll talk about that and how people find you in a, in a moment. For the listeners, you can't see it in the background, but Stephanie has her books stacked up there. Uh, she's got a book called Rent to Rent Success. Uh, which is her six ethical step system to get you started in property as an Amazon uh, number one bestseller with over 110 five-star reviews. So well done on the book. And most importantly, and this is, this is what intrigued me when I read the bio, Stephanie was 45. You don't look 45, by the way, so I will say that. Listeners can't see that, but I'll definitely say that. Stephanie was 45 when she started her HMO Heaven business and she's become an enthusiastic advocate for starting a business over 40 yeah which is quite ironic because I actually exited most of my businesses when I was 40 so uh, I semi-retired at 40 so uh, the flip side of that coin tell us a little bit about that enthusiasm before we get started on talking about coffee I'm I'm intrigued about how you can be an enthusiastic advocate for starting a business over 40 tell us a little bit more about that and the passion for that yeah I think uh, you 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 probably did things the other way around you had all the excitement and intrigue and business building and enthusiasm and maybe burnt out a bit and wanted mm. to take a little step back at 40 yep. whereas I was humdrum not living up to my full potential working a job good reasonably paid job really a, a comfortable life but when I came into business everything just I was so excited. I was reborn. I was, um, I just didn't realize all of this was available to me, that yeah. we had such capacity to be not only um, good in business, but thriving and uh, really creative. I just, so I, I'm keen to inspire other people that more is possible for you than you think. You can totally change your life within five years in business and the business can be whatever you want it to be so it can be from a home business as we've all seen what happened in uh, 2020 with corona you can do it through property there are so many different ways and uh, for the people who want to those five percent who have that spark i want to encourage them to you know light it yeah 
and an age should never be a barrier should it you know one of my oldest clients that i ever signed up to a coaching program was 76 yes and he was a farmer who had decided to invent something and he needed help to launch this product and this new business yeah and he signed up to a coaching program at 76 so yeah uh, age should never be a barrier definitely not and you very eloquently there told me exactly about my life and yes i started my business when i was 23 uh definitely burnt the candle at both ends when it came to business lived life pretty hard you know had some amazing things that i took away from my businesses and decided to semi-retire and become a coach uh, at the age of 40 which was helped by the recession as well that's the other thing i, I did it in 2009 to mm. just push that along a little bit so We've already established before the recording started that you've, you're drinking coffee. Tell us a little bit about the coffee that you're drinking and, and why. I am. Well, I would have been embarrassed to tell you about my normal coffee, which is a, what I call a posh instant. You know, they have the freeze-dried mm. versions, but I might have been a bit embarrassed to tell the listeners. However, my son bought me some coffee because we're called Taylor. It's Taylor's of Harrogate, and it's a rich Italian roast, rich and refined ground coffee and I make that in my cafetiere so right. I'm a little bit more at market for you today yeah that's yeah <laughs> and it's interesting isn't it because I think for many of the listeners particularly in the UK and you know I've, I've talked a lot about tea mm. and tea with people who have a passion for tea but live outside of the UK and some haven't even been to the UK but it's interesting they they always come back to tailors of Harrogate for tea and many people <laughs> don't really see the coffee side of their business because you know yorkshire tea is made by tailors of harrogate yeah, yeah they've got their tea shop haven't they in harrogate which mm. is a lovely place to go if ever you i think i went there for my 50th birthday my wife took me to harrogate for for my 50th birthday uh so yeah it's interesting that you've got coffee there from tailors as well yeah yeah it's it's tasty and i i don't do it all the time because of washing the cafetiere but mm-hmm. <laughs> but i do enjoy it when i do so how how do you drink your coffee you know, do you have anything with it do you have sugar in it do you you know how, how do you take it well I used to be more of a um a, a cappuccino girl then I became a flat white and now I've gone on to when I'm out I would just have it black so um oh. americano style and that's how I drink it at home great that, that's a re- relatively recent thing because just Late last year, I gave up having sugar and honey in my coffee because I more or less drink coffee all day. Yeah. I thought I'm actually going to be drinking a lot of sugar and honey. Here. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I just decided can just see if you can stop, and I realised I can stop, and so now yeah. I just have it black with no no sugar. Perfect, and that brings out the full taste of the coffee. Although some people sometimes say certain creams can bring out a, a better taste in the coffee as well. I'm intrigued what you said there about flat white, and you know, I'm a, I'm a big Starbucks fan, and you know, all the listeners will will know of that. And of course, all the coffee brands are available. I'm happy to receive sponsorship from any of them uh, for this <laughs> podcast, but uh, particularly Starbucks. But I see the flat white, and I just don't get it. I, I don't understand what the flat white is all about. And I'm not quite sure whether it was that gimmicky thing that coffee shops put in there mm. to confuse people and to give people an op- uh, some kind of alternative to cappuccino and just, it's a white coffee. Um, t- have you got more of an explanation of what the flat yeah. white is? 
it's a very good looking coffee and it's got less froth than the cappuccino because sometimes the fr- cappuccino was more froth than coffee whereas yeah, the flat white is more coffee than froth it's just got a little bit of it's just right. a, a baby cappuccino maybe we could call it yeah a less frothy I, I, I can my simple language goes with that a less frothy coffee Ooh. Yeah, less frothy coffee. Yeah, they, 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 <laughs> we will trademark that right there, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> less frothy coffee. Yep. Starbucks, if you're listening, there you go. There's your next brand. Less frothy coffee. Absolutely. So, what's what's your favourite coffee then? Is you know what you've just talked about there? Is that your favourite? Have you got a particular uh, brand or bean or location in the world that you like to get coffee from? Well, um, if I was drinking coffee anywhere in the world although I might need to sort my drink if I went to this location mm-hmm. um I would go to uh in Kashkais in Portugal um from Lisbon right. it's you go right down to the coast yeah. and it's a beautiful vista we stayed in the most magnificent hotel that was um overlooking the sea but the best part of it was we went to the concierge and we said we'd like to go out for the day and we had these bikes And uh, we cycled along the coast and it was just so glorious because it's hot. There's a little bit of breeze. Mm, Um, I can see you taking yourself back there already. Yeah, there's a little bit of breeze and you're just going along. And it was about it was just over an hour away. So it's it's enough that you you feel you've gone some distance, but it just felt like no time at all. And we'd been told to look out for a beach that not many holidaymakers know about. It's more hidden from sight. And actually, it was a good job that he'd given us a few landmarks to look out for. And just as we we'd actually gone past it and I says, no, no, no. He said it's before this hotel. So we started cycling back. And then we saw it, you just looked down and right in this bay, there was a, a, a beach mm. and you sort of had to walk down a sand dunes down to the bay, but there was hardly anybody on this beach and it was a Great. glorious day in the height of the holiday season. Um, but not only that, halfway down there's a little shack, a little hut. Now there's two things that I really like, yep. well, um, food wise and raw cashew nuts. Now, not many people sell cashew nuts. Yeah. Um, no, not many places. This place had raw cashew nuts, and I was just, I was just beside myself. So <laughs> it was, it was raw cashew nuts, and I'm not going to tell you what drink I had, but it wasn't a coffee. And yeah. uh, and um, but they also did the most magnificent salads. It was just a very simple, fresh salad with salmon on the top and lettuce and tomatoes and a bit of dressing and a bit of salt and pepper, but it tasted divine. And there was a lovely place to um, sit and enjoy this and uh, look out at the view. And then after that, we went down onto the actual beach and there were the canopies where you can lie. Uh, for a while and hide from the sun but it was it was it was just it's just the most beautiful place one of the most beautiful places that that um that I've been to so I would take my coffee there yeah yeah and it's interesting that you know as you were saying it there I thought what a reward for pedaling the bike for (laughs) 30 minutes an hour whatever it was one way but uh, the difficulty is when you find a place like that, you don't want to leave it and pedal back, do you? That, no. That's the issue. No. You, know, you just want to stay there for longer and longer. And the ride back is feeling longer and harder because you're staying there longer and longer. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good times. Yeah. Uh, that's why one of the things I used to love doing with our previous uh, horses, because we've got horses at home, we've got a local pub that's about four miles, and we used to love in summer going on, on our horses to the pub. Oh, the, good, wow. the good thing about that, you get to have a couple of beers, and the ride there was okay, but the ride back was always better because you felt a little bit more confident and you'd had a couple of beers. But the good thing was I didn't have to pedal. The horse just took me home. I love and as, that. And as long as I pointed it in the right direction, my horse was pretty good at finding a way back. So uh, I was never drunk in control of the horse because that wouldn't be proper, of course. But uh, no, I, no, I've come, no. I've come pretty close a couple of times, I must admit. I won't tell anyone. No, now, no. How long will a horse hang around outside a pub or do they get fed up and bored and then say, right, I'm off? Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. They get fed up pretty easily. Um, mine had got a little bit of a taste for Cool's beer. So as long as she got a little slurp of the beer in her own little glass every once in a while, she, she was happy. She'd stay there for quite some time. It wasn't a problem. Oh, I love it. Oh, oh I suppose you stayed outside with them. Too. Oh, yes. Yeah, we did. Yeah. 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 Right, yeah I was just thinking, could you leave a horse tied up outside a pub? But no. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So... Think about the business side of things uh, then, Stephanie. And obviously, you know, you've got the the, the HMO heaven and the, the rent to rent success. What's been the most significant thing or the latest thing that you've fixed in the business? Because I know you're fairly new to Newport. Yeah. Um, just tell us a little bit more about what's been the latest or most significant thing for you. The most significant thing, I think the thing that changed our business the most and gave us the biggest um, uplift is HMO Heaven's a property management business. Mm. So we're managing house shares, houses of multiple occupation. That's why it's called HMO. Yeah. And um, we, but we do it by making taking them from hellish to heavenly and then managing them to a really high standard. So you've got lots more tenants, so lots of moving parts. And um, to create an exceptional service, it requires a lot of time and input. So the biggest change was when we employed uh, a full-time member of staff. And not only did we employ a full-time member of staff, but we we had lots of hesitations about it for a long time. We were trying to do it on a contract basis or do it in this way or that way. But we realized we needed somebody who's available when we need them. Yeah. And we might not know exactly what we need when. So let's just bite the bullet and take somebody on full-time. And the second part of it is having a system so that when this person comes on board then, there's a way for them to execute exactly or better than we used to do it. Yeah. So because at the beginning, it's like your baby, you've got everything to a good standard. You're, you're doing all these extra twiddly bits. Yeah. You're going in at weekends or whatever you're doing, and you need something that you can pass on to somebody else that they can do just in their nine to five hours. And that can easily be um, uh, explained to them without you needing to explain it to them uh, repeatedly. So I'm intrigued there because HMOs, you know, for certainly for, for people uh, in, in the UK, don't always conjure a picture of being no. heavenly. No. no. So tell the listeners a little bit about the, the hellish that you take people from and the heaven that you take them to then when yeah. it comes to their property and their, their multiple occupancy properties. Yeah, that's a great question, Simon. So for the international listeners, <clears throat> HMOs are houses of multiple occupation and they are house shares. And even some UK listeners might not know. Yeah. 
um, their, their house shares, like what Friends used to be on the telly, where people have their own bedroom and then they're sharing the kitchen and they're sharing the bathrooms. Usually there'll yeah. be more than one. And um, so the hell is we've taken on all sorts of hell. So we've had landlords who've really been let down by their letting agents. Yeah. One, one in particular uh, springs to mind. And if you go to hmoheaven.co.uk, there's a case studies link and you'll see there's one for um, Robbie, uh, Robbie's story. And he's, um, he, uh, he had two, two huge buildings with nine self-contained flats across the two, yeah. but they'd really been let to go to rack and ruin. And the pictures there are phenomenal. Um, mm. I think people basically had had the tenants had gone downhill and, you know, maybe had mental issues uh, as well. Um, nothing wrong with that, but they've not been supported within the, within the property yeah. and so on. And uh, so it really had gone to the dogs, um, things everywhere, rubbish everywhere, uh, you know, piles and piles of rubbish outside the window um, that have been thrown out from a first or second hmm. floor window. Wow. Um, so we went in and we did, uh, we, we oversaw, because this was a remote landlord, a lovely, lovely guy. But when things get away from you, it's really yeah. hard to get them, rein them back in, especially when you're not sure what to do. Yeah. yeah. And you're far away, you've got a business, you've got family, you've got all of these yeah. other responsibilities and it becomes this thing almost that you don't want to think about. Um, so, and, so I suppose it's hellish for both the tenants because of the yeah. way they're not being supported and the property, yeah. but also for the, the landlord because yeah. you know they've lost that control, they've lost that connection with the property. Yes. And the state that it's in as well. So, yeah, so help yeah. on both sides, really. Yeah. And uh, the letting agents, in some cases, the tenants had sort of not fast forwarded the, the, the yeah. demise of the property, if you know yeah, what, yeah. what I mean. Yeah. But it all, it all came to a head when one of the ceilings fell through. No, a big <laughs> gaping hole. Uh, something had been leaking for a long time and the tenants hadn't notified. And also the letting agents hadn't ever been in there. Yeah. So when we take, took over, what we said to Robbie is, we'll manage the whole refurbishment for you and then we'll manage yeah. the property afterwards. And uh, it, was a, it was a massive refurbishment. It was £70,000 across the two properties. And um, the, the property owner paid and yeah. we managed everything and then at the end of it we paid them to furnish the property we said we would yeah. pay for that part and then we give the owners of the properties a guaranteed rent this is the business model okay yeah yeah we give them a guaranteed rent and then if it's empty that we lose they always yeah. get that rent as long as that rent is good ah, for them they yeah. always get that but yeah. our advantage then is if we can do better, which is how we aim to do it, yeah. um, keep it full, keep it in good condition, and uh, then we can make more money. And yeah. that's why it's it's it, that's why it really works. And that's why we can afford to invest in the properties and spend yeah. a few thousand pounds on on furnishing them and so on. Yeah. So the the heavenly side of it then really is a, a multifaceted uh, facet. I'll get my words right in a minute. Um, but yeah, it's it's for the landlord, for the tenants and for you as well, haven't you? Because you've got that opportunity to increase the revenue and increase the potential of that property for your gain as well, haven't you? So that's a yeah. that's a win-win-win, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's a three-way win, really. Yeah. Well, that's why how we, we like to have it. We don't want to have the rents so high that, you know, we're, you know, we want to have 
the, the reasonable rents were so it's affordable for yeah. people and they feel like yes this is amazing I'm so pleased that I came here um, yeah we want everybody to feel that we work with that we partner with to be delighted that yeah they're with HMO heaven yeah now you you mentioned the the new employee and having that system uh, for the listeners here it's intriguing to hear you say that you have a system that means that they can do what they do better than you. Yes. And, and that's quite important, isn't it? For everybody to pick up on because very often as business owners, we don't like that. Yeah. We all should have it. I absolutely agree. But a lot of business owners and, and other people listening to this will think, you know, nobody will ever do it better than I will. Or um, if they do it better than I will, then a lot of people sabotage that. You know, how, how did you, come to that realization and any tips that you can share for listeners on having somebody that is better than you at doing those tasks well it doesn't happen straight away is the thing Mm. so we um so you've got to be willing to put in the effort so that you don't have to now I'm just trying to think back um, Simon because it was such a it was such a mindset shift for us because I just couldn't imagine somebody because we what we used to do was dress the rooms so if we had when the property was ready and we'd refurbished it got the new furniture and everything we would dress all the rooms make all the beds put put pictures up and all that and put little bits and pieces around and I just thought nobody else will be able to do this like us like like we do because at that stage we didn't have a system we just did it and um nobody else would be able to do this and we had a way that when we did the viewings of what we would say and things like that and I thought nobody no no nobody will care as much as we do and oh no they won't come out on the weekend and so how I got over it was and then I was overwhelmed with, well, how do I make a system? There's so much, there's so much yeah. to, to, to teach. So, and that was putting, putting us off from uh, employing the person. So what, what we worked out was let's um, do the first uh, thing that we want uh, Luke to do, which the first thing that we wanted Luke to do was to be able to onboard people on the computer so go through yeah. all of that process so oh, okay. all of that process we'd written out into a flow chart and then we'd written out what to do at each stage even including things like templates this is the text to use for this and this yeah. is the so everything was all written down so then of course yes we do go through it with him when he's there but we don't expect him to get it and understand it and be able to deliver it to the high standard yep. on day one so we're then saying okay there you've seen me do it or you've you've read the thing you try and do it I'll look at it and then and then we went on like that for a while great great and then he he shadowed me as I went you know we were going around the properties I still continued in that role I didn't just abandon it as he walked through the door and says right there you go take over he I I think that's important and I'll just sorry to interrupt you there because I you know I had a business partner many years ago and one of the things I saw him do when he brought people into the business, he paid them good money. Yes. He showed them what he wanted them to do. And then he did, as you said, abandon them. Yes. And then when they failed, it was almost this self-gratification of, I knew that would happen. Yeah. Well, it did because you perpetrated it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, so interesting. You said there about you didn't abandon them because it's getting that balance right of when you let them go, isn't it? And I, I don't think you ever stop watching what they do because yeah. you want to support them and help them in, in that kind of way. But yeah, don't abandon them. I think that's the key there, isn't it? 
Yeah, it, it, it's an investment. But what I love is that now we have over 75 star reviews on Amazon. Now it was Luke who suggested that we focus on the reviews. Uh, so it's not something we did from the start. And he's the one, he's the reason why so many of our te te tenants and uh, landlords uh, feel, they, feel they want to review us on, not on Amazon, sorry, on Google, on Google. Google. Yep. For HMO, when you now Google HMO Heaven, all of this big panel comes up with all these reviews on there, five Amazing. stars. And yeah, well it's, done. It's more challenging for a letting agent if you look at other letting agents' reviews yeah. to, to yeah. get that. And so, yeah, I'm really proud of him. Yeah, and, and I think that's a huge set as well. You mentioned mindset shift because for many of us, getting that feedback, getting that review is actually quite scary, isn't it? Because mm -hmm. what are people going to say? And I know letting agents, you know, if I think about the reviews I've ever had of letting agents that, have looked after my properties in the past commercial and domestic they've not been good reviews mm. and i could think i've only out of five i think i've only left one good review mm. um so stepping out and asking for reviews is, is you know is confidence in the product isn't it yeah yeah so uh you mentioned luke um so well done to luke for that yeah. uh hopefully you'll listen to this but how has it been what kind of difference has it made to have that member of staff and to get that person doing it better than you and being able to then focus on other areas of the business tell tell the listeners how it's being after the fix massive oh my goodness i mean there is there are days when i was like oh my gosh i don't even know the name of the tenants i mean this is quite a while ago now i don't yeah. know all about i used to know all of our housemates and what was going on in every house and now i don't know but what it does is it frees your mind so now my involvement with Luke is, is half an hour a week where we go through all of his high levels um, KPIs and discuss is there any issues and da, 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 and we go, we go through everything. And then my, uh, my sister and business partner also has a meet, meetings with him. But my part of his role, that used to be a full-time role for me almost doing what he yep. does now because Luke's in place it's 30 minutes wow. and that's that's a huge difference isn't it I mean how much time that gives you is incredible really yeah and actually we need to uh, we've been pulling off again we do need to um hire more people uh, yep. so that is something that we are we are now doing we are we are now doing Great. so it just gave me back the time to actually grow the business and not only that uh Simon oh we started another business because my time is now, I'm, I'm now, um, all, all my involvement is within that HMO heaven is marketing and uh, relationship building and, yeah. um, you know, public facing, that's not a full-time job. So I, I then had the scope to be able to do, create a whole other business, which has been hugely exciting as well. Great. So you've got the books I can see the listeners can't see the books there behind you tell the listeners a little bit of how they can connect and what what you can offer them if they connect with you and find your content what would people expect to be able to take away from connecting with you yeah that's a great great question Simon so really I what I what I wanted to do was inspire people who feel that business or property investment is not for them. Maybe they think they don't have enough time, enough money or enough knowledge. Yep. Now, I thought all of those things, and I was surprised to learn that there are ways to get started in property business without having a lot of money to start off with. 
Yeah. And that's with this business model called rent to rent, where you, instead of paying 50K to buy a property and then make say 200 or 300 pounds a month in profit each month, yeah. you would need a lot of 50,000 pounds to then build up enough two or 300 pounds to replace yeah. your salary. What you can do is rent a property and then, as as I've, as I've explained before, tidy it up, make it lovely, and yeah. then look after your new housemates. And you pay a guaranteed rent to the owner, and you keep the profit after all the bills. That's for your business. So, when when people come to find me, they will find out more about rent to rent success and how to get started in property using this system. And it's also a great system for uh, building up the experience, the expertise and the money to be able to start buying properties, which is what we then uh, started doing okay. and then built up. We started off renting and then we started buying our own portfolio, as I mentioned, of multi uh, blocks of flats and um, and HMOs and commercial property. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the rent to rent is a sort of getting people on that first run of the ladder yes. in, in moving up. Great. Love it. Yeah. Uh, and if they want to get a copy of the book or if they want to connect with you, is it LinkedIn? Is it Amazon? You know, um, where, where do people oh, connect with you and get I the would, content? I would love to offer Simon that if people would like a, a free copy of the book, Rent to Rent Success, then if they leave a review on your podcast okay. um, and screenshot it and then email me, I can give you the email in the show notes, support at rent to rent success.com. Yeah then I, I we'd be happy to send them a copy of the book. Fabulous. The paperback thank you. Copy. What a great gift. Yeah, thank you. If they're in the UK and if they're uh, international, we'll send them the electronic version. Yeah, fabulous. Well, listeners, I think that's that's a great offer. And not only is Stephanie giving her time up, but to give us that gift as well. That's amazing. So if you could share something that the listeners can take, take away, something that they can do something with after they listen to this podcast, what would be a, a tip or a lesson that you want to share with them? Um, I think the lesson is, if this were easy, what would it look like? So okay. what I found as we've continued to have more and more success in business is that the less hours I'm working, yeah. the better results that I'm actually getting in business. So in business, we mean by the revenue being generated, but also the impacts we're having, the level of excellence within the business. All of these things have increased as the um, amount of time that I have worked has decreased. So, yeah. um, so I encourage people to think about um, what if this were easy? Um, because often we tend to make things, and I certainly did, much more complicated than they need to be. And I love the way you've you've said that there, because you know my whole passion for doing what I do now is that yeah, you know, I've I used to have a construction business, I've had garden centre, uh, lots of different businesses, and very often as the businesses grew, one I made more money, which was great, but I got more time, so I ended up with five businesses on the go, and then worked two and a half days a week. Wow. Um, and you're right, yeah, it does become easier and you do become more successful when you have that space and that capacity to to think 
differently, isn't it? And think outside of the box and be more creative and, and more working on the business. I know it's that old cliche, but mm. you, know, you know, listeners, you've heard it right there from Stephanie, you know, that, that is the, the secret sauce, isn't it really? Yeah. 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 So you've given us an idea of, where your dream location would would be uh, for your your next drink and you know this beach uh, sort of uh, sort of midway point uh, yeah. going down in Portugal. Um, any other places of the world that you would love to have a coffee in at all? Yeah, I I. I've been to Cuba and I really, I really did enjoy it, um, Havana, but I think I would also like to go to South America and okay. um, I quite fancy myself doing the tango. So, right. okay. <laughs> so, so yeah, sorry to go there. Uh, I, I was in a networking group, um, in, in Lincoln near where uh, I live. And there was a, a guy there who, you know, sometimes when you do networking presentations and you have a bit of a bio, and I always thought I'd got an interest in buying. I've done motorbike racing, flown helicopters, wing walked, and I always thought I'd got a very interesting bio. And this guy stood up and he pipped me and beat me hands down. He was a bomb disposal expert. Um, he was a world champion team parachute guy uh, and this is it's, it's interesting it's made made me think about it when you said that but he was also he'd represented the uk in ballroom dancing and his specialism was the tango which he'd done in argentina oh, how amazing was that i just sat there when he was giving up and i thought yeah, that pips me every time. <laughs> I'm not even going to bother to give him mine. <laughs> no, no, no. So, yeah, so South, if you're going to do it, South America is definitely the place. And that's what, uh, I can't remember the guy's name now, but I remember Tango. But, uh, yeah, he said South America and you know, Argentina was uh, the place to go and do the Tango. And he'd learnt from somebody over there that had taught him um, how to be the best at what he was. And he, he did winning championships around the world. So, uh, yeah, sounds it. amazing. Yeah, yeah. So thank you very much for taking part. Thank you for sharing some some great things. Um, I've written lots of notes down here. Hellish to heaven uh, sounds amazing for HMOs, but I think it's important that listeners take away that that new employee and get in that system and allowing them to be better than you and accepting that because that's where that secret that you gave us, Stephanie, about having that time and being successful. And, you know, if it was easy, what would it look like? What a great thing. I think that's going to be the, the title of this podcast, definitely, because that is something we should all be asking ourselves, isn't it? Yeah. And thank you very much for sharing that. And it's been great having you as a guest today. Thank you, Simon. It's been, it's been great being on the show. Thank you. And of course, listeners, this is always part of my mission to help businesses and coaches consultants around the globe be more aware and i think we've had lots of awareness given to us today by stephanie better educated and you've got a great opportunity to get some better education what better gift than a book to help you with that so you know listen to this leave those reviews uh, and send those screenshots and of course we talked about coffee too and some amazing places to have coffee uh, both in portugal never been to portugal 
I'm looking forward to that now once we can travel again. Uh, and yeah, doing the tango in um, South America and having that uh, perhaps that little espresso, that little coffee, strong coffee when you're there, that'd be great. Look forward to having you on the next podcast. And thanks again, Stephanie, for giving up your time. Bye for now. Thank <laughs> you.